In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors and ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hear this, O peoples, give ear, all inhabitants of the world, go flow and hide, rich and poor together. Truly no man can ransom another, or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of their life is costly, and can never suffice. This is the path of of the Church of God and for the unity of all. 
worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Feast of victory for our God, Alleluia. Glory is ours, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Covered and riches and wisdom and Or a fool, and yet he will be master of all which I toiled 
of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also was vanity. And so I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also, I saw, is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting, only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Churches in Colossa, the third chapter. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. 
Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. said to them, Take care, and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, You have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This is the gospel of our Lord. together our Christian faith and the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten of me, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for our sin and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. In the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text is the epistle lesson for today, these words particularly. Set your mind, Paul says, on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is our text, dear friends in Christ. What's your mindset on life? If you looked at the American Heritage Dictionary, you would learn what the word mindset means when it says that it's a fixed mental attitude or a disposition, it says, that predetermines a person's responses to and interpretations of situations in his life. A fixed mind. What's your mindset toward life? What's that fixed mental attitude that you have toward life as you live it and death. Carl Gustav Jung, the 20th century Swiss father of modern psychoanalysis, had something to say about modern man's mindset. And it's not the most encouraging thing. He said the central neurosis of our time is emptiness. Not a particularly positive mindset about the mindset of modern man, is it? To say that his particular mindset is one of emptiness. And Viktor Frankl, the famous Austrian analyst of modern culture, agrees. And he says, clinics are overcrowded with people suffering from a new kind of neurosis, a sense of total and ultimate meaninglessness in life. A devastating and debilitating mindset. Now, while we certainly wouldn't agree with Jung or with Frankl, about many things, about their understanding of the nature of man, or about what is done with the problem that man has, we wouldn't agree with them in their psychoanalysis of that, yet their understanding of the problem of man is something that even they have been able to detect. They, they sense that emptiness and that meaningless, that mindset of modern man. Not that it's only modern man that has had that mindset. Indeed, it goes a long ways back. Before that, listen to the great 19th century American philosopher and writer and humorist Mark Twain. You've all read, I'm sure, at least in part, something from Mark Twain, the humorist, and appreciated his witticisms. Before his own death, he reflected upon the inevitability of each man's death, and here's what he wrote, and listen to the mindset that he has. He says, a myriad of men are born, and they labor, and they sweat, and they struggle, and they squabble, and they scold, and they fight, and they scramble for little mean advantages over one another. Age then creeps upon them, and infirmities follow, and those they love are taken from them, and the joy of life is turned to aching grief, and then death, the release comes at last, the only unpoisoned gift that earth ever had for them. And they vanish from a world where they were of no consequence, a world which will lament them a day and then forget them forever. Now I've enjoyed the witticisms and the humor of Mark Twain. But this, I have to say, is one of the most discouraging comments that could be made on the very nature of man, that behind that, that vintage humor of Twain, there was obviously that emptiness, that same meaninglessness, 
that those that came before him spoke of. Sadly, an emptiness and a meaningless that Twain himself was never able to overcome. Not that Twain was the first to struggle with it either. Some of you had to memorize these words, I'm sure, in high school. Out, out, brief candle. Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It's a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Shakespeare, Macbeth. You see, Earth's greatest literary and philosophical and psychological minds have all, while looking only at things here below, have all concluded that things don't look so good for man here below. Feelings of hopelessness and despair that reach back through time as far as King Solomon of old that we heard about today in the Old Testament lesson. Meaningless, meaningless, your versions have vanity, vanity. In the Hebrew it can also mean emptiness, meaninglessness. Meaninglessness, meaninglessness, utter meaninglessness, everything is meaninglessness. What does a man get for all the toil and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun, Solomon says? All his days, his works, his pain and grief, even at night his mind does not rest. This too is vanity, meaningless. There it is. From those who some would say are earth's greatest sages. And though speaking from different times and from different places, they all interestingly end up with the same words, emptiness, vanity, meaninglessness, hopelessness. Ultimately, it's despair. No wonder it happens so consistently. They all, like us, are, are sheep, Isaiah's sheep who have gone astray, each to his own way. And you know what happens when we go our own way in the world. We all get lost. That's the nature of man. Our self-imposed lostness becomes that emptiness and that meaninglessness that man feels, hopelessness, that has him desperately looking everywhere for something to fill that void that he feels, looking in all the wrong places for all the wrong things, grasping everything and anything that comes within reach in order to find that meaning for life. David Kinnisberg, a modern writer, said, if this century, the 20th he was speaking of, is to be remembered for anything at all, it will perhaps be for the speed with which we embrace things and then let them go. He makes a good point. The speed with which we embrace things and then let them go. That desperate quest to fill the void, the meaninglessness with something in life. And so modern man grabs for anything and everything that he can. And that has him soon finding himself engaging those very things which alienate him from God, which gives him the real meaning in life, alienating him more and more from God, the very things which St. Paul says belong to our sinful earthly nature. And then he lists, as we heard in our epistle lesson today, some of those things that do that. Sexual immorality, man grasping to fill his emptiness. Sexual immorality, impurity, 
lust, evil desires, greed, yes, greed, tearing down our barns and building bigger ones, Jesus says in today's gospel, bigger and better barns that can house more and more material possessions because though, as our epistle lesson says, we have ample goods laid up for many years, ours is still the age perhaps more than any other which has been possessed by our possessions. That's greed. Trying to fill that emptiness and that void, sexual impurity, immorality, lust, desires, greed, the tale of our time. The tale of two cities, whether it's San Francisco or Washington, D.C., every city in between and every city in the world, the tale of our times everywhere and for those who might somehow think themselves exempt from this it's interesting what paul does when he adds such things as anger to which we would all confess rage malice slander language unbefitting of our lips lies other such things he says all of them but outward indications of that inward insidiousness of sin which paul says belongs to your old sinful nature. So you see the problems within us. A problem compounded by the fact that that we think that we can solve it by something new that we would bring to ourselves, to our time, setting our minds on earthly things, St. Paul says. Maybe our wealth and then only we find that we have to hand it over, as Solomon said in today's lessons, to someone else. Only to hear God say, as Jesus says in today's gospel, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. The vain hope of man, searching for something new, for that novel treasure of earth that will bring pleasure back into life and give meaning to it all. And so it is that advertisers build industries and empires on that very innate human quest for that new you that's out there, that's to be found, that's to be enjoyed. There's a, a new you in that new car out there. There's a new you in the food that you eat. A new you in the pills that you take or the analysis that you receive. A new you in the beverage that you drink, even the brand of clothes or the cologne or the shoes that you wear, a new you somewhere in something out there, set not your mind on earthly things. Set not your mind on earthly things, but set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You see, God's word today powerfully informs us that there's only one way for the new you to emerge from the old you of your sinful nature, and that's through a death. And that's through a resurrection. A death and a resurrection in you that only God can accomplish in you. The old you, the sinful you, must be crucified. No option. The old you, the sinful you, must be put to death. The perfect law of God requires it. For the soul that sinneth it shall die, God says. 
If God is to remain true to his word, if he's to remain true to himself, the Holy One before whose presence all that is sinful is laid waste, then the old you must be put down. And do you know how God has chosen to put you down? That he might then raise you up again? He drowns you. He drowns you in baptismal waters. Don't you know St. Paul says that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? The old you is put down in the putting down of Jesus Christ upon the cross where for the sins of the whole world he is put down into a hell that we can only imagine a death so dark and so deep and so dense that our worst notion of it fails in comparison to the reality of all that it is it only scratches the surface of what horrors lie below you were hidden with Christ scripture says you heard it today you were hidden with Christ in his death you were hidden in him so that your soul will never not ever have to die that death eternally you've died in him in Christ what a precious dear thought friends hidden in Christ your soul through baptism has already gone through the ultimate death and the resurrection just as Christ hidden in you through his body and his blood that you receive in the sacrament will sustain you and keep you and preserve you until that day when from the grave your dead ears will hear his voice come forth and your dead heart will beat again and your dead eyes will open again and your dead limbs will move again and your dead mouth will once again join the chorus of earth's saints and the angels and the archangels of heaven singing holy 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 never to be silenced by sin again you see you died saint paul said past tense it's happened you died and your life is hidden with him with christ in god in the cemetery in Hanover, Germany, is a grave on which were placed huge slabs of granite and marble that were cemented together and were fastened with heavy steel clamps that belongs to a woman who didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. And so she directed in her will that her grave be made so secure that if ever there were a resurrection, it surely would not reach and affect her. On the marker were inscribed these words, quote, this burial place must never be opened, unquote. Well, in time, a seed, a little lowly seed covered by the gravestone began to grow. Slowly it pushed its way through the stones coming up from beneath them. And as the trunk enlarged, then the great slabs of granite and marble were gradually shifted so that the steel clasps were wrenched from their sockets. You know how that goes. A simple seed, a tiny seed, that became a tree, 
pushed aside the stones. A simple seed, that tiny seed, gave witness that life indeed conquers death for all. The ancient Greeks, who had come face to face with death without Christ, could, could do very little but concede themselves to death, saying, Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. But we, who are hidden with Christ in God, have a different mindset, a different predisposition toward life and toward death. We have a mindset that says, yes, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you live. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
We now pray for the whole people of God in Christ and for all people according to their need. Heavenly Father, who has spared not even your own Son, that you might spare us, we ask that you receive our thanks, that you have rescued us from the futility of our ways and have given us a new life in Christ. And we pray that having been raised with Christ in baptism, we might now and ever set our minds on the things that are above, that faith and thought and conduct be godly. Lord, in your mercy. Teach us daily to treasure and seek above all those things that last with an eternal endurance, namely the forgiveness and salvation that's brought to us through Christ's means of grace. Help us in life's daily struggle with sin continually to put off the things of the old self, its immorality and impurity, covetousness and deceit, and enable us daily to walk in the newness of life. Lord, in your mercy. Thank you, Lord God, our Creator, for the gift of life that you have been pleased to grant to August Thomas Stotler, newborn grandson of Bill and Carol Hoppy, son of Allison and Bob Stotler. Preserve him now in the physical life you've given him and provide unto him the new birth of baptism so that August might also be numbered with all your saints. Lord, in your mercy. Grant unto the leaders of our land wise discernment that they might protect and promote and commend that which is good and justly punish those who do evil. Bless them also with a citizenry duly respectful of those who govern. Grant unto us peaceable neighborhoods and households. Lord, in your mercy. With a special measure of patience, bless those chronically ill or infirmed, including Sonia Heidemann and Richard Much, Marguerite Halt, and Ralph Chambers. Be with those who have been hospitalized, those preparing for medical procedure. Permit healing according to your will to those undergoing treatment, including Sean O'Brien and Artis Miller. Remind them and us all with increasing infirmity that our life to be is for now hidden with Christ in God, but when Christ our life appears, we also will appear with him in glory. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Father, whose almighty hand is stronger than this world's deepest grief, we pray that you would uphold those who mourn and all who continue to miss their dearly departed. Sustain and encourage your people through your word to them, preached and read. And by your most blessed supper, strengthen them for the days that yet lie ahead. Lord, in your mercy. Father of our Lord Jesus, receive our thanks for the gift of your Son's body and blood in and with and under the bread and wine of the Holy Sacrament. Teach us to treasure this, his visitation, above all earthly gain, and humble our hearts and humble the hearts of all who today would approach your table, that the meal might be received in repentant faith. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, by your Holy Spirit, through your word taught and heard, we pray that you would bless the teaching and the learning in our vacation Bible school this week, that as the children learn how you caused the news of Christ's victory to grow after his ascension through apostolic word preached, through baptism and the Lord's Supper, that these children might come to realize that you create and sustain faith in Christ in the very same way yet today. May all that is facilitated and learned be unto your glory. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. 
Heavenly Father, hear our prayer, deliver and preserve us. For to you be all glory and praise, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, 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 Lord, Lord God of heart, heaven, earth are full of your glory. on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. You Be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us your Son in this holy sacrament. Keep us in your faith and favor that we may live in him even as he lives in us. May his body and blood preserve us in the true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Receive now the benediction of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.